Well, hello, everyone, and thank you all so much for tuning into yet another episode of the Professional Pricing Society podcast. My name is Terrence, and we have an amazing guest with us today. We have Mr. Scott Sinning, who is actually one of our speakers at our latest conference back in Dallas, Texas, our spring conference, who did a phenomenal job, by the way. Scott's going to be here with us today to shed light on the pricing world, the pricing industry, and topics that is in my personal opinion, well worth the listen, okay? So we're going to go ahead and just jump right into it, Scott. Scott, how are you doing today, first and foremost? How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you, Terrence. Uh, Appreciate being here with you. Good. So I want to just go ahead and dive into this conversation. You know, I want to ask this first question. How did you first initially get into pricing and share a few highlights from your, you know, your journey, your experience? Yeah, sure thing, Terrence. Well, I got into pricing unexpectedly. Um, I was in a finance leadership role in our business and got a call one day from our CEO asking me if I'd take on a role as an executive leader for our pricing team. And at that time, it was a fairly new pricing project and I didn't know what to expect. So um, I approached the role with a little bit of background in in finance and sales in the business, customer facing roles, technology. So I think that's why they thought I'd be a good fit for this, but I was basically volunteered into the job. Mm. Um, and, and I think, you know, uh, that's a lot, a lot of pricing leaders are like that. Uh, very few of us have the benefit of a formal education around pricing or the mm. experience in pricing roles. And a lot of times it's because folks are good at um, analytics or good at something, something around sales and operations. And they're asked to take on a special project and, um, a lot of times fall in love with the role of a pricing leader. So that's a little bit about my story. And um, hopefully that resonates with a lot of the listeners today of people who got into roles unexpectedly, but uh, fell in love with it once they're there. Sure, sure. And I would also add that there's a lot of people who <clears throat> may have stumbled into the pricing industry or may have been asked to take on a project, just like very similar to your situation. So you're, I can say you're definitely not alone and you already know that as well, but there's a lot of people in pricing who that wasn't their initial goal or intent, but Hey, um, what were some of the lessons you learned that you might want to pass along about how to lead a pricing project to success? Yeah. Thanks, Terrence. That's a great question. And, you know, a lot, a lot of what I work on now is based on my prior experience and based on the passion I have for helping other people um, learn fa- learn about the role of a pricing leader faster so they can get better results more quickly for their organization and maybe take uh, uh, learn from some of the lessons I had along the way. So my goal is to empower uh, and enable people mm-hmm. who are in pricing leadership roles to do a better job faster for their organization uh, as well as for their own personal career success. Mm-hmm. Um, I really feel like pricing can be a a stepping stone in, in a professional career because it, heck, if you can do pricing, you can you can figure out anything, right? Yeah. Um, the <laughs> and uh, and or it's a career path that uh, you can stay in for a long time. So mm-hmm. uh, that's my goal is to pass along those those lessons learned and 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 also to challenge people who are in a role like this to, to lean into their leadership skills, to really lean into their capabilities to influence and impact their organization and to realize that they're in a job that requires the ability to drive positive change. Mm. So it's more than being good with numbers. It's more than being good as an analyst. It's more than being good with um, other sort of things around pricing. The role of a pricing leader is to take that as as well as then use your influence 
to drive positive change in your company because if your company's counting on you to do that and nobody else is probably going to step up and do the things that you're uniquely capable to do in the role you have. So that's what I'm hoping to pass along in terms of lessons learned, Terrence. Mm, that's good. That's good. Now, giving a couple of different examples of what that means, you kind of um, teased that knowing your role and, and knowing your goal. What, what exactly, how, you know, expound upon that a little bit more for me. Sure thing. Well, you know, as we were talking about, since a lot of people come into the pricing leader role, maybe um, with a blank sheet of paper as their job description, others will come in maybe with some goals or some some um, problems that are being solved for. But mm-hmm. I think in a lot of cases, the, the person has the opportunity to define what that role is and to help educate their executives on what it means for their organization. So the idea of, of the role is, you know, what's the key job to be done? Uh, which has to do, I think, with the where your company, your organization is at and its pricing journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a new initiative that's the first time it's really ever been done? Are you, um, for example, inheriting a role that somebody else has left and now you're picking up where they, uh, that project that's already in, in progress? Or are you leading a team that's already fairly sophisticated and established and your, your role is to take it to the next level? So part of it's just sort of an, an honest assessment of where you stand as as a leader, what your capabilities are, uh, where your strengths are, and matching that with what the organization really needs most right now. And, and that could be around strategy. It could be around uh, building a department. It could be around finding tools or technology for analytics, mm. like pricing software, for example. Um, and, and it could be, um, you know, driving some specific results around uh, customer experience. So it really depends on the company you're working for, what that role looks like. But uh, I would encourage listeners to be as proactive to define what that role is for yourself mm-hmm. and for your organization as, as you can, because in all likelihood, that's what your company needs from you, since they're not going to hand you the t- job description on a silver platter. Sure, sure. Absolutely. And that makes perfect sense as well. You know, when it comes to knowing your role, especially within a pricing realm as a pricer a lot of people might think that they have to do a lot of things on their own or or spearhead a lot of initiatives by themselves but can you talk a bit about how a pricing project is very much a team effort most definitely and that's a great point you raise is that we all come into a a role with our our strengths and capabilities and as you mentioned pricing does touch so many parts of the organization uh, functionally from sales to operations finance Uh, And the list goes on really across your organization. But it also has to do with a lot of things like, um, and and I listened to some of your recent podcasts, Terrence, and I would encourage our listeners to, if they have not caught those, go back and listen because they're great. Mm -hmm. But you talk about, you've had guests on to talk about the importance of how to manage a price increase well, how to think about AI, um, thinking about uh, your product as a service or SaaS Mm-hmm. applications or subscriptions there's just so much to do as a pricer in today's age it's probably harder than harder than it's ever been you can only be good at so much yourself so it's important to surround yourself with other people that bring in the insights and knowledge and, and experience that you need to round out what you're looking for so like you said great point you can't be you can't be everything you can't be uh, the superstar of all aspects of pricing but be mm-hmm. good at what you're good at recognize where you need help and find that either internally or externally 
One of the things that I'd share is uh, around the team effort question is that oftentimes we're coming into a role as an army of one, uh, or maybe you have a small team, but most of the time pricing departments are relatively small. Mm. And, and that's probably not going to change for most organizations. But the good news is think about building a team as not just the pe people that work for you or have a direct reporting relationship, but broaden broaden your 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 vision towards getting a more um, diverse set of people mm -hmm. in your ear. And what I mean by that is when, when you're building a team, you want to be thinking about talking to all the functional leaders in your organization, sales leader, ops, even HR and legal, mm. certainly your CFO, certainly whoever's running IT. You want them to be aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it, and where you need their help. And you want to use that as a chance to ask them the question, hey, how can, um, ask them if they have any particular priorities or concerns that you sh should build into your pricing project. The next question to ask once you get their feedback is to say, hey, would it be possible to borrow one of your staff for a period of time to help us build this project out? Mm -hmm. And so what I found successful in my experience was by tapping into the resources in other departments, mm -hmm. I got number one, very capable resources uh, that I wouldn't have been able to get on my own. Number two, I, I've started to embed champions into this project so that mm -hmm. uh, it's not just a pricing project, it's a organizational initiative that, that cuts across functions. That's good. And you know, when you think about building champions, you're also established in a connection of support to your uh, your executive sponsors, perhaps, so that you've made it the the people that represent those departments on your project team, and maybe you call it an advisory council or a project team, whatever wording works for you. But now you've established a communication with the different leaders in your organization through their representative on the project team that helps them stay engaged and informed and supportive, ultimately, of rolling out a successful project. So that's what I think about when I think about team building. It's not only your direct team, it's the organization's team that you can build sort of as a temporary uh, resource. Mm -hmm. And one last thing, Terrence, I just bring up is there's a whole community of people out there in the pricing industry that are there to help. And sure. the, professional, the Professional Pricing Society is a great organization for that. So for folks who are in a pricing leader job and they're thinking, boy, I feel like I'm on an island. I feel like I'm by myself. Start thinking about your team more broadly to other pricing professionals who are out there in the marketplace who have shared experiences and are more than happy to be a resource and to be a networking partner. Um, not to mention the number of vendors, whether it's software providers, consultants, and other folks that work to support pricing leaders. So it's important to know that uh, you don't have to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. uh, it's tempting to try to have all the answers but don't try to do that. Be be willing to tell tell folks when you're not sure, um, and you'll get back to them. As well as tap the different experts that are in your midst to make sure their voices are heard, as well as to get ideas that you wouldn't be able to come up with on your own. Hey, look, that's all golden information. Is how I would 
paraphrase that, you know, a lot of things you said is very important, very crucial to the success of not only an individual in their pricing role, but also a company in their pricing organization that's helping that company to thrive. And so you also mentioned, you know, networking reaching out to your your peers, if you will, in the price industry, coming to conferences, just like you came to our Dallas conference recently. You know, that's where, that's also a place where a lot of people can just come to not only learn, but also network with other professionals in different states or even countries um, to enhance their pricing organization as well. So I'm really glad you made mention of that networking aspect because it really is, a lot of these companies do have very small pricing teams. So I'm finding out myself, so. If I could just add real quick on that. Yeah, sure. Um, I I believe strongly in the networking aspect and in particular professional pricing society. Mm-hmm. The reason is it wasn't that long ago that I attended my first conference. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in the back of the room, you know, scribbling notes out furiously, listening to these people and thinking, oh my gosh, um, two things. One, what did I get myself into? This is way <laughs> over my head. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, though, I learned, wow, this is the place to be. Because um, learning from the people who have been there, done that, uh, sitting with other people who are in the same seat, uh, mm. different stages of their pricing career has been invaluable. And now here I am talking to you on a PPS podcast. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't that long ago I was just starting out. So again, for those listening who might be in a similar spot, um, really lean into the PPS as a networking and educational uh, resource. Mm-hmm. Also, Scott, I, I would like to consider you as an expert on this podcast speaking with me. So I'm very glad to have you with us today. <laughs> Thank you, Terrence. <laughs> now, um, one more question I want to ask you as well before I switch gears. How would you typically measure progress? And, and why is it important to measure progress when it comes to pricing within an organization? Yeah, so the part, of, part of the importance of measuring progress is because uh, you want to be able to know that you're making, uh, you're reaching a, a new goal. So I'm going to step back from the measurement for a quick second and say mm-hmm. why it's important to set a goal. It's important to set a goal for your pricing project because you're going to encounter resistance. You're going to encounter distractions You're going to, uh, and dis- detractors. So the reason you want to have a goal and really, and when I say a goal, it's a, a, a big why. What is the why to improve pricing for your organization? Um, oftentimes this might be expressed in uh, a business case that talks about things like, hey, we want to grow revenue, or we want to improve our margin rates, or we want to improve the customer experience. It's an, it's important uh, to be thinking about how to make your customer experience um, easier and faster to do business with your company. You also want to be thinking about how pricing can be used to make your, your fellow employees' jobs easier. How can you make it faster to give prices to customers? How can you improve your win rate? So by having a business case that includes your goals around revenue, margin, um, other other analytics like uh, customer experience, Mm -hmm. uh, and even tactical measures like gross margin rate, something that's measurable at a business unit level, at a customer level, at a geographic level, it gives you some sense of how you're going to measure it. And it, and it also really, you think think about that business case as something that either you're going to inherit as a business leader or you're going to have the opportunity to make it. And when you want to build that case, it's really something that you and your executive team and, and the CEO can say, yes, this is a priority of the organization. Here's why it's important and here's why we're going to support it. And that becomes like the North Star. 
of your of your journey. So that there's going to be a lot, as we were talking about, a pricing project tends to, to go in a, not a straight line. It zigzags. There's successes, mm-hmm. there's failures, there's um, wins and there's losses. And what you want to make sure you're doing as a pricing leader is keep the company on course. It'll be mm-hmm. easy to get distracted or to have people who are don't want the change or don't like it or disagree with it to use it, use an opportunity where there's a, a temporary setback to make a case for canceling the project or doing something totally different. So by having a good business case, you've established that North star that executives can stay on the same page with you. You can communicate consistently that yes, here we're starting from point a, but we're going to go to point B mm-hmm. and here's why, and here's how we're going to do it. And you're going to help insulate yourself and your team from the setbacks by being able to stay focused on the goal. So having the big goal is key, but then thinking about how you're going to measure that along the way is key. And particularly, uh, Terrence, I would say, measure the quick wins and celebrate the heck out of them. Mm -hmm. So uh, every price projects, you know, it's a short-term, long-term deal, but be looking for quick wins, things that you can do really for free with your own decision-making, your own changes, and just getting ideas from the people that you put on your advisory team, you're going to identify things that can be done quickly at low cost and have great results for your organization. Be sure to pause for a moment, celebrate those, recognize the people involved, share the credit, make a big deal out of it because it is a big deal. And it also plants the seed for positive momentum on the project. Mm -hmm. So this would be a couple ideas I'd share with you about the importance of measuring and having goals. That is so important. I want to thank you so much for sharing that with us um, because it is important and it matters, you know, um, and if there's any type of way that companies can learn to become more efficient at measuring their their progress, setting goals and measuring the goals and becoming efficient in in that, as well as celebrating the small things, you know, it's all going to make a huge difference um, as time progresses within our organization in particular. Now, I wanted to switch gears and ask you this question. Uh, I just happen to know that you are a CPP, Certified Pricing Professional. Yes. And I wanted to ask you, for those who are not CPPs or may be on the fence about, you know, pursuing that path or not, um, what would you say to those individuals? Tell us a, a bit about your particular journey and what it's what it's done for you since you've uh, become certified. Terrence, for me, this... CPP designation was important because it gave me the confidence and capability to uh, grow as a pricing leader mm-hmm. and serve my organization to the best of my ability by learning some of the best practices from thought leaders uh, worldwide that teach the course through PPS. So I would highly recommend that to people that are listening who have not explored joining the PPS or a CPP for yourself or for members of your team, it will be an invaluable step in your pricing journey. For anybody listening that's uh, not in the pricing role themselves, but might be a senior leader or a CEO of a company, uh, when you think about your pricing team or the individuals you're going to name to a pricing role, think about how you're going to support them. And so you might not be sure what resources to plug them into, but as we were talking about here, one of the places you might think about Um, is joining the Professional Pricing Society, encouraging your pricing leader. Maybe they're new to the role. Maybe they've got some experience. But if you feel they've got some professional development opportunity ahead of them to grow into the role that you want, 
um, turn them on to the PPS and encourage the CPP designation. That will be a huge win for your organization. Well, thank you so much, Scott. I really do appreciate you sharing that wisdom with us. Um, you know, it does mean a lot because, you know, if somebody of your status in the pricing realm, you know, a heavy hitter, if you will, and a CPP, it means it means a lot coming from you to hear about your journey, um, how you've navigated and progressed over the years, and also just, you know, your journey with PPS as well. Um, so I greatly appreciate your time with us today. Now, for those who may want to learn more about you, how you are involved in the pricing community, where can they go to reach out to you or just to learn more about you in general? Yeah, there's two e two easy ways to to reach out to me. One is on LinkedIn. Just look up Scott Sinning and uh, feel free to uh, send me a connection request or a direct message. I'd love to love to get connected with other fellow uh, pricing leaders. A another way to reach me, Terrence, uh, is through my website, which is pricingfordistributors.com. Uh, I do put uh, free content on the website as well as connections to blogs and a newsletter that has uh, topics of interest and, and current uh, topics for pricing professionals. So uh, I do offer a complimentary initial call, and I would love to speak to anybody that wants to go into more detail about pricing challenges and, and bounce them off each other. I'd be happy to do that. Okay. Mr. Scott Sinning. Again, until next time, we will see you all on the next PPS podcast. You guys have a good one. Bye-bye.